Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. But we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. My brother, despite Vic Fangio being still quite bullish on the notion of some a couple of Broncos making the Pro Bowl this year, Broncos were shut out, dude, snubbed. Zero Pro Bowl selections. Now, we'll see what shakes out in the grand scheme when it comes to alternates and all that stuff. But, dude, reckon with that. I mean, Teddy was robbed, honestly. He he should have gotten in for sure. But when you look at it, when you're realistic about the Broncos, it's not surprising at all that no one made it. I think Simmons had the best shot, and Fangio essentially guaranteed that Simmons would get in. He didn't do that. Uh, Patrick Sertan had a shot. He didn't get in. I thought he was a little bit of a snub, but... We both agree he'll be an all-pro pro bowler next year. The, the You know, the star is very uh, burning hot for PS2. Not surprising. If the Broncos had a halfway confident offensive coordinator and not Pat Shermer, I think Javante would have gotten in or maybe Melvin Gordon if they would have committed to the ground game with two great running backs. One of them would have cracked the squad. That features, as you can see there, Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. I mean, Taylor was a shoe in He's the MVP, I, I think, this year at, at running back especially, but... Uh, I think they could have both had better years than Mixon or Nick Chubb, but alas. Yeah, I'm looking here so far. I mean, <clears throat> as we mentioned the other night, there's nobody that you could really point to offensively with the exception of if you maybe wanted wow. to try and include a Bronco running back. Wow. Uh, what? Wow. What? Oh, that? golly. Wow. Goodness gracious, Michaela in the hizzy. Wow. Wow. That's – wow. Thank you what so I'm saying. much. Thank you. <laughs> We love you. Appreciate you. The the Duchess showing us some love. Uh, I didn't even have my Santa mask on yet, or hat, whatever, beard that I, I like to wear. Okay, I got to dig that out for tomorrow night. But she says, Merry Christmas, fellas. Love you and the entire family. Let's go, Drew. We love you too, Michaela. I hope you know that. We feel your love. Thank you. Michaela, you literally leave us speechless. And that wasn't me, you know, saying that that was completely on autopilot, considering your generosity. When I see something like that, it pops out to me. And that's my instinctual reaction. That's genuine. That's the genuine article. Michaela, you are the Duchess for a reason. I've been saying this for months now, but it's true. Thank you so, so much. Hope you and your family are having a great holiday season. Merry, Merry Christmas and a very happy new year. Go Broncos indeed. Thank you. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. It's very overwhelming. And just I just hope you know, Michaela, that uh, you're helping keep the lights on and little shoes on Theodore's feet. So thank you very much. I love you. Um, Zach, real quick here. Um, no one on offense, all right? We knew that going in. There was maybe a shot at a running back, but nah. Uh, you get to defense, though. Let's see. Let's just take a quick look at the safeties. Derwin James, Teron Matthew. All right, free safety, Kevin Byard. Uh, okay, corners, Kenny Moore from Indy. Again, these are teams, if you look at this, one of the common denominators here are that these are competitive teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs by and large, right? It just is one of the curses of being a bad team. In many cases, Zach, if you suck collectively, those unique gem individual performances, more often than not, they get overlooked. So we'll see what happens with Simmons. Who knows what the all pro voting has to has to say about this uh, down the road, but yeah, that's a that's a dagger, that's a shot through the heart, and who's to blame? I don't know, maybe Bon Jovi. <laughs> well, as you can see there, there's the common denominator that this also gravitates toward veteran players. Unless you're having a tremendous rookie season, uh, like a Micah Parsons who made the Pro Bowl at linebacker, it's hard for a rookie to crack that. So um, I think Patrick Sertan obviously has more upside than a J.C. Jackson or you know, Kenny Moore who made the Pro Bowl. But it's just a popularity contest when it boils down to it, Chad. We both know, like I said, and everyone in Broncos country knows how good Patrick Sertan is going to be. We've saw glimpses of it we see it every single week and next year starting next year i think all pro is in his future brutal i'm trying to think when the last time the broncos were snubbed straight out of the box for the pro bowl if you guys can remember offhand hit it in the chat tom up in canada thank you buddy he says isn't wearing a uh, lock is not wearing his broncos colors during his presser and i have a new name for teddy uh, Teflon, Teddy, your thoughts. Um, well, I mean, in that he criticism doesn't really stick to Teddy. And the reason why is because he's just such a great dude. Like Teddy Bridgewater is just a great man. He is. And, uh, but, uh, Drew not wearing his colors. I didn't even notice that today. I checked out the press conference, but, uh, yeah, Drew, Zach, he swears. He's telling you I'm a better quarterback today, uh, than I was even this summer, like being on the bench and all this, it's helped me. This year, this week though, it's going to be different because I get to to practice with the ones all week long. Can't wait! It's going to be my face they see in the huddle. All this, I'm paraphrasing him here, but he sounds excited. I just fans mitigate expectations a little bit because that penchant has only it seemed this year, Zach, been more extreme. And maybe it's because the sample size has been so much smaller, and maybe because of that, Locke has been pressing, and so you're seeing the face more of the face palms. 
moments, even on the smaller sample size. But until <clears throat> we see it, yeah, I can't get I get can't get too excited about luck. But I am happy at least Zach that it's not going to be three yards cloud of dust. Three yard dump off, three yard dump off. Hope my guy can make a man miss. You never know if that's how Pat Shermer wants Drew Locke to play, then that's how Drew Locke is more than likely going to play. It's the Pat Shermer problem, also. But you know, if Locke made these comments last year, I'd get excited. But after last season and what he's shown this year, it's like, bro, go out there and show it. Don't talk about it. Just go be about it. If you're a better quarterback, it'll come out on film. Uh, we'll get more into Drew Locke as the pod goes on tonight and tomorrow as well, prepping for the game. But about Teddy being Teflon Teddy, I don't really think that's true literally. I think that's true figuratively because Vic Fangio's comments today, so hypocritical, uh, so outlandish, but so unsurprising when he said that Drew Locke may be starting, but as long as Teddy's healthy, uh, it's still his team. He's still QB1. The guy's had two brain injuries in a matter of a couple months now. You're so worried about player safety. You called out John Harbaugh for the same thing, but you're going to keep ushering and forcing this quarterback out there who's been beat up the entire season rather than give your healthy young backup a shot the the bias is just so uh magnified right now chris Duvall, what's going on big dog he says if number three goes off drew luck with like four tutties or something and wins all three games and makes the playoffs pat Shermer and vic fangio better still be fired because he wasn't their decision Hey, man, we'll see if that happens, then there's going to be all kinds of unprecedented things to uh, analyze there. But guys, if the Broncos make the playoffs, Vic Fangio is not going anywhere. But he, it's a potential lose-lose, though, because I do subscribe to this. If the Broncos go out there and lose games with Drew Locke, Fangio's going to get fired. But if they go out there and win games with Drew Locke, uh, it's it's going to come back to him and his call to not play Drew Locke and go with Teddy Bridgewater. I agree with you that a playoff berth would save his job, but it would further entrench him as being totally incompetent and uh, ignorant, I think, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. He has no ability or intuition to scout talent, and it's hurting the Broncos on a weekly basis. I thought this was interesting. Jake Marsing, those of you who are true OG MHHers can remember Jake, used to be on staff here at MHH, uh, like 2014-ish through the 2015 season. First podcast, Zach, that I ever did was called In the Huddle. It was me, Jake, and Brandon Perna uh, at milehighhuddle.com, and that was during the 2015 season. And then Jake, he went and took his talents elsewhere and then recently got out of the business. So I want you guys to understand when I'm about to read to you what he tweeted here, and I retweeted this because I thought he was right on the money. This is not something we've like been discussing. We have, I haven't talked to Jake in a while, but shout out to Jake if you're listening. He said this on a Darren McKee, DMAC, 104.3 The Fan, a uh, little clip of Fangio today saying Teddy's the guy. There's nothing Drew can do. If Teddy's healthy, Teddy's the guy. Jake says, quote, I don't know if I've ever seen an NFL coach so publicly dislike and distrust a player on his roster as much as Fangio distrusts and dislikes Drew Locke. Zach, your thoughts? I, as I tweeted earlier, you know, someone asked me about uh, Fangio's comments. I said, Vic loves Teddy and he dislikes. I didn't want to say hates. I think that's a little strong, but I said he dislikes Drew. Story at 11. You know, what else is new here? It, it's been, if you've paid attention, it's been obvious the entire offseason training camp, 
preseason when he made the call during the regular season the times that Teddy's been either ineffective or injured Locke hasn't come into the game he's been an afterthought when you march a quarterback in against Cleveland like the Broncos did when Teddy was limping he couldn't even move around he, him being out there was hurting the Broncos by that virtue alone and he still wouldn't go to Drew Locke it was apparent right there I agree with the premise it's rare that it's so blatant he doesn't even try to hide it anymore it's transparent how much he dislikes Drew Locke but it's not surprising if you follow the breadcrumbs the entire year it's not even so much what he says right it's how Vic says things um let's grab this message here this star comment from Mike Reno on Facebook and then we'll do a quick update on where things stand on our Facebook contest thank you Mike he says Drew has the opportunity to make this season right with good play this weekend for his sake if he can play smart and stay with the open guy it's gonna be a great game and if he can just not turn it over, man, he just can't turn it over. Mike says Vic doesn't care about anything but his job. At this point, you know, that has to be his. I mean, that was clear when the decision was made because, again, nothing against Teddy, but it's not like Teddy came in and was transcendently uh, better than Drew in training camp. And you could have always gone to Teddy and who knows where we'd, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> pardon me, where we'd be today. But real quick, Zach, 250,000 stars is our goal on Facebook. When we reach that goal in the month of December, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And the only people in the running for that raffle, of course, are those con who contributed to the goal. Right now, we are at 55%. So we got a, a little bit of ground to make up. But I'm confident that in this last 9, 10 days of the month, we can get there. Who's in the running? Who's going to have the most tickets in the hat? Well, thankfully, Facebook keeps track of that for us. Miguel. Now the number one seed, Zach. This is really cool to see the power uh, rankings and how they shift. Travis Weber at two. Mike Ronquillo at three. Shane Daniels, four. Lawrence Rivera, Doug Raquel, Andrew Baker, Stone Carranza, uh, shout out Stone, uh, Peter Middleton, and Tim Hoffman with guys like Yvonne and Tarbox and Lampe and Mike Reno just outside. So much love to you guys. Thank you. And we'll update Super Chat later today too. Can I say, remember even Steven? How, how ridiculous does that sound now in, in hindsight that Fangio was touting? It was 50-50, it was right down the middle, and all along as it's come to, to be, he's preferred Teddy and really gravitated toward him despite Teddy... You know, you, you mentioned him being, you know, no slight against him. Well, there's, ma I think, many slights against Teddy Bridgewater. He's really done nothing to move the needle. Has he been better than Case Keenum? The team around him is better than Case Keenum. He has a better supporting cast. His defense is getting him the ball back or or keeping points off the board. I don't think he's done anything to move the needle that Drew Locke couldn't have done if given the opportunity. Not making mistakes is one thing, but with that comes a lack of playmaking, of lack of touchdown ability. You saw when Locke came into the game. He immediately uncorked a deep ball for TP down the middle. Touchdown. Would that have happened with Teddy? It wasn't happening with him. It's not like we have to speculate about it. It wasn't happening. So I don't think he's been all that great, and he's been uh, propped up and, and booned by a really strong supporting cast. It wasn't even a great pass by Drew. It was underthrown, but it's the fact that he took the shot, right? He got it there. Um, Ed Keating, real quick, jumping in. Thank you, buddy. He says, what's up, guys? I hope we beat the Raiders so that I have bragging rights to my dad. Bro, how did you end up a Broncos fan if your old man is a Raiders fan? You'll have to tell us that story someday. Finally, I get to see what uh, Locke can do. I'm wearing my Locke jersey for the last time. Thanks, guys. Denver Broncos for life. Zach, on that topic of Drew and what you brought up about kind of the ridiculousness of what we heard from Vic, this faux competition, it's even Steven, right? 
he was literally asked, and forgive me, I can't remember exactly who it was today, which media, uh, which journalist asked the question, but he was asked, hey, Vic, during training camp, through the whole nine yards, all we heard about was even Steven, their neck and neck and all that. What was it about Drew Locke in training camp? What did he do well to make you feel like he could have won the job? Like, why was he, why was it as close as it was? What did Drew do? Quote, this is Vic. I thought he had a good camp. We split the reps pretty evenly, as you know. I thought he had a good camp. It showed in the preseason games that he played. I think with this week's worth of pra- uh, worth of practice, hopefully we'll see the guy that we saw in camp and in the preseason games, close quote. Doesn't answer the question. That's all Vic Fangio ever does. He's either shirking accountability and responsibility or just deflecting and, and, and dancing around a question. He didn't specifically name what good qualities Drew Locke put on film that would make it even, Steven, or the fact that he was in the competition to begin with. They could have gave Teddy Bridgewater the job when they traded for him, but they didn't do that. They had this faux competition, this, this dog and pony show, and all to give Teddy the QB1 job. But answer the question. Either state on the record what Drew did well specifically or what he did not not too well and what you want to see him do better of now that he has a starting job again. But he can't do that because, again, he's ignorant to that side of the ball. Tim Hoffman, what's going on, big dog? He says, Drew will be giving it all he has this weekend to prove himself. Make it or break it. This should be fun to watch. Go Broncos. Yeah, it'll be, uh, I think, at least a bit more entertaining than just the brand of offensive football we've seen. And it can, for better or for worse, it could be for worse. In fact, the odds are probably that it'll be for the worse. But if there's anything kind of silver lining here, Zach, you got the first team reps all week this time. You're not being tapped cold to go in and blah, blah, blah. And it's against a completely reeling right. Raiders team. Now I get it. Broncos got curb stomped by the Raiders and a first time ever coaching uh, as a head coach, special teams coordinator, as the interim head coach, that was embarrassing. And the last time Drew Locke led the Broncos to Las Vegas, in fact, it's the only time the Broncos have played the Raiders in Vegas last year, it was arguably, and I agree with Nick Kendall, he said this today in one of his articles, Drew Locke's worst game as a pro. Even despite all that, Zach, the Raiders are reeling right now. They're about as bad as it gets in football. They have some bright spots. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they're some kind of chumps or joke, but this is a good, could be a very good opportunity for Drew if he has the wherewithal to capitalize. Well, I expect a lot of YOLO balls on Sunday because the Raiders lost Jonathan Abram for the season now. He's having shoulder surgery, so that a bad secondary got a lot worse with his absence. And if the Broncos don't take deep shots, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but they'd be doing themselves a wild, uh, you know, uh, disjustice. We're making up new words on Huddle Up Podcast every single week. But that's, I think, what Drew Locke has to attack is that secondary. And if the Broncos' defense is going to go toe-to-toe, I like this matchup for the Broncos. But you mentioned at least the games being more entertaining, more fun. If they're going to lose, if they do lose, at least lose with some excitement. At least let the game be interesting. You know, they, they lost to Kansas City 19-9. I'd rather have that game have been 30-29. to So if, if they're going to go down, at least let's uh, grab some popcorn and enjoy it. Juero Vidal in the house. Thank you, buddy. He says, almost busted a blood vessel when Luke said Locke didn't deserve to start and he wanted to see Brett Rippon start. LOL. Hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. You too, buddy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Um, You know, guys, there's a lot of, first of all, before this season even started, there's a big contingent, both in the fan base and media, that were completely off the Drew Locke train. They just, last year, for whatever reason, combined with, you know, kind of his uh, 
I say antics, but I don't say it in a way as if it was, he's ever been some kind of off the field distraction, but just kind of his persona. There's a lot of people, Zach, that were off that train. And then his three exposures this season, it's just not really been good. He had one and a half drives where you kind of sit up in chair and go, okay, everything else from Drew in the regular season of 2021 has been categorically not good. So if Luke wants to see Brett over Drew, he's entitled to that opinion. And I can at least understand it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Everyone, you know, we, we might disagree or everyone has their own thoughts. All like politics, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, though. That's what makes this country so great. Um, but there is a sect of, of Broncos country and I guess some of the media as well who would rather Anthony Gordon, the new quarterback they just added to the practice squad, former uh, Washington State Cougar and former Chiefs practice squad guy or offseason roster guy. They'd rather him start over Drew Locke. That's how... Is there another word than delusional that sect of the population is? I don't know. Well, and I am not make, I got to make this clear. I'm not saying this about, I've never picked up from Luke anything about locked arrangement syndrome, but on the topic of just kind of the outsized out of proportion shade that gets thrown on Drew locked arrangement syndrome is a thing. And yeah, Gabriel, they hate us because they ain't us. All right. That's, that's absolute truthist. Uh, Miguel says, what's up, fellas? Can't stay. Going to watch later. Let's reach the goal. Go Broncos. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you very, very much. I know that's going to help a lot. Um, Colin is saying, look, Pro Bowl is so irrelevant. The really good players skip it anyway. Yeah, it's not about – here's the thing. The Pro Bowl, guys, it's not about getting to watch the best players compete. When I was coming up, even in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, man, I loved watching the Pro Bowl. You know, it wasn't quite the same level of intensity as a regular season game or whatever, but they tried, man. They were really out there uh, gunning, and and it was always fun to watch. But the last 20 years, I'll say, nah, last 15 years, the Pro Bowl has been – it's just a, an accolade. Why is it important? Shines a little light on your team. Shines a little light on the individual players. And, guys, it's one of the key factors, key accomplishments, feats – on a player's resume, Zach, that helps them get paid. It's a, it's a, it's a barometer. It's a litmus test. It's one of those type of uh, deals. And so it's always noteworthy if you don't have one out of 53 guys that makes it to the league all-star game, like that's telling. It used to be fun when they had like the pro bowl skills competition back in the two thousands. Now they have like Nickelodeon slime time live coming on the field. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous now, but any, I think any football fan worth their salt would recognize all pro being more valuable than pro bowl. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out, but we know that next year the Broncos have, I think a couple shoe ins on their roster and going forward. So I really don't care about the snubs. Michaela jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. And we do have some clarification on, on what Luke said. I want to grab that real quick, but first Michaela says Fangio actions and selfishness are downright criminal in my opinion. I mean, I, I understand the the uh, passion and zeal with which uh, you approach your fandom, Michaela, and I'm I'm right there with you, 99.9% of the time. But Fangio just it's been pretty transparent from the beginning, Zach, that he just about every decision that's been made has been made in the interest of saving the job. And put yourself in his shoes, you know, you this was your third year in an almost unprecedented situation, despite two losing seasons to begin 
they hire a new GM. John Elway falls on the sword. They hire a new GM and that GM decides to keep you. Like it's been known from the very beginning that this is make or break for Vic. So I can understand why he's kind of stacked the deck in whatever favor he believes is going to maximize his odds of, of keeping the job. But along the way, unfortunately, Michaela, and this is what I think you're getting, getting to here. You're sacrificing for short-term games. Some of the more long-term concerns of the team. One of which is knowing for sure is Drew Locke, the guy that you invested in, the guy that you spent time with, suffered blood, sweat, and tears, all that stuff. Do you know for sure he is or isn't the guy? And even if we never had seen Drew again in this season, you're not, you're just not, they're not going to know that. These three games, if he plays Zach like the average Drew kind of we saw last year to end it, like Teddy doesn't come back, they're still not going to be able to sleep well at night, the Broncos, knowing for sure one way or another whether Drew uh, could have been the guy if he would have got a little bit more development. But I digress. I think Michaela's on to something here, though. I mean, if there was football jail, Vic Fangio would be on death row. As a head coach, I really do believe that. There are some fatal flaws he has in his game day operations, clock management or lack thereof, timeouts, just having a feel for the game, ignoring the offense, uh, not holding people accountable, coaches or players. He's just not cut out to be a head coach. So uh, to that token, I agree with you, Michaela. By the way, what Luke actually said was, this is a direct quote, thanks Scott, Fangio doesn't like this guy and he has no chance here. I'd almost rather see Rippin start for what it's worth. Uh, the Queen jumping in. Good to see you, Christy. Hope all is well in your neck of the woods. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. She says, hey, kids, hope you all are having a nice night. Looking good, fellas. Thanks for bringing us the Broncos info we all love. Let's go, Broncos. Man, it would be a nice little um, late Christmas present, Zach, to see the Broncos go in against a division foe like that. And uh, especially one that they've not yet won in their house, right? The new house in Vegas and, and it's Drew Locke will get a win. Even if it's win and ugly, like that'd be a nice little uh, late Christmas present. Would it though? I mean, it would move Vic Fangio one step closer to returning next year. It would hurt the Broncos draft positioning. It wouldn't usher in any change to the change the Broncos need. I think it'd be more like a lump of coal than a gift. So I, whatever happens, happens. I hope Drew plays well and the team responds to the quarterback change. But uh, in the long-term outlook of the franchise, you can make the case that it's not a gift, I guess. The, the draft guys are sitting here going, man, lose. We want the highest – you know, we're not seeing any I'm success on the horizon. I'm not to lose. No, no, no. But, but draft guys, happens, happens. you know, you got to weigh it. you got to say, hey, what, what takes pre uh, precedence? What takes priority here? It's – I hate it, man, that the Broncos are in a situation once again in December where that's even a topic. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, Claude jumping in. Thank you for the stars, big dog. He says, Vic has absolutely worn out his welcome as far as I'm concerned. Between his bias toward Teddy and his impotence as a head coach, I'm just done with him. He doesn't seem like he cares about the team as much as himself. I don't know, Zach. Vic does seem like he's a little tired to me. Like it's kind of he can see what's coming. He's given it the old college try. He's raged against the machine, so to speak, and it's it's all been for naught, right? And I, I kind of can sense him kind of wearing down a little bit. 
too bad. You know, you signed up for this, Vic. You're not off to war now. You're not doing the country some great service. You're a football coach, and you wanted to be a head coach after years of being an assistant. This is what comes along with it. You wouldn't be tired. You wouldn't be having this feeling of dread if you have that, if he really does, Chad, if he cares that much, if you were better at your job. I mean, I'm tired. You're tired, Chad. Scott's tired of watching this. Broncos country's tired of watching this for years now. So I don't want to hear that about Vic. If, if he put himself in this situation, he made his bed and he has to lay in it now. All right, let's see here. Uh, Albert Knoppers says real quick, I don't think Fangio cares about his job either at this moment with the Broncos. Maybe he tries to show up for another team. I think at this stage that's, you know, he's he's got a fish to fry, and for now he's going to fry those fish and then let the chips fall. But I think Vic knows the way this is headed in his, in as far as his fate, but here's Josh Yen with a super. Thank you, Josh. As good as Peyton's first class has been first draft class. I can't help, but uh, rather have that sixth rounder back for Teddy and roll with Locke. Appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas Broncos fam. Enjoy the holidays. You know, I was okay with the sixth rounder for Teddy Zach when they, when you realized that Carolina was going to pay the majority of his contract and the kind of initial read was, Fail safe, right? He's the backup, going to help groom Drew, going to help kind of finish the process alongside the coaches of uh, turning the corner for Drew and be there if it doesn't work to step in. Like, I was okay with that, but uh, that's not how it shook out. Well, I was okay with it on the premise that if they have a quarterback competition, it's actually fair. It's actually 50-50. It's actually even Steven, and it wasn't. And you even saw it in the preseason. What Drew Locke put on film against the Vikings blew Teddy Bridgewater away. And from that point, Teddy Bridgewater never really made up that gap. They kind of went back and forth. They traded off practices and games, good versus bad. But I don't think Teddy ever took that massive leap forward that made him the no-doubt starter over Drew. It was always biased in Teddy's favor. And like I said before, there was no real way for Locke to win it. The only way was for Teddy to lose it. And that's not the right way to have a quarterback competition. Uh, here we have Colby jumping in to say, if Locke beats the Raiders and Fangio puts Teddy in the next game, I'm going nuts. Here's my read on, will Teddy play again this year? If the Broncos win this game, I think he will play again. If they kind of continue to force their, their way, hover in the conversation, I think you'll see Teddy back on the field. If the Broncos lose this game, I bet you'll see Teddy unceremoniously put on IR, and that's that. Well, knowing Vic, I think the competitive advantage or what he has in his mind is always there. So him keeping hope alive that Teddy is going to play again this season, it's, it's a public vote of confidence to Teddy, and it doesn't mean much if you're using it for gamesmanship. Them picking up a quarterback on the practice squad even, I think was a sign that Teddy's not expected back this year. They have Locke, they have Rippon. I mean, I think they should be good for three games under those circumstances. And again, how could you force Teddy to go out there two concussions in one year? It'd be bad enough if he had that one alone. He got stretchered off the field. He was in the hospital overnight. That's bad enough. But when you have two within a, a two, yeah. three-month span, you can't, you can't do it. I could kind of understand it if this was a team that had, you know, already locked down the division and they, were, they knew they were going to be making a playoff run. Like, I could kind of understand it. But being that it's a, a team, a, a season headed for the dustbin of history, Teddy, don't don't do it, dude. Like, pri prioritize your your health, prioritize your well being. You know, it's Christmas. Kick it with your family. You know, you did what you could and didn't shake out. But 
Uh, here's Dr. Uh, Chris L. Bush, PhD. Good to see you, Chris. It's been a minute. Doc, I'll say. He says, Merry Christmas, fellows. It's sickening watching how Fangio dislikes Locke. Did Locke do something last year to rub him wrong? Very unprofessional for a coach to exhibit their dislike for a team player. Yeah, two things. One, he gives the ball away. All right, but Fangio hates that because he's a play-not-to-lose guy, and he it's about the defense and give us a chance and all that. And I can understand that. I understand why Fangio can't trust Locke on that front. But the turning point here was week 12 last year, New Orleans, and how Drew Locke's role and how the Broncos were embarrassed by having to play an undrafted rookie wide receiver at quarterback against one of the best teams in the NFL. I think this is just me reading the tea leaves and things I've heard. And different. I think that was where things turned for Drew in the estimation of Vic. So much of this also is rooted in pride and ego. And I think it's one thing that drew John Elway to Fangio in the first place, the ego factor, the power of the control. You mentioned the defense, and it's not because of how he wants to win games. It's because what is the defense? That's his side of the ball. That's his area of expertise. If the defense wins the game, he gets the credit. He looks like the defensive mastermind. So he's become... A way more of an egotistical guy than the guy who got up there in 2019 and preached no death by inches and was the Uncle Vic kind of character who loved meatballs. It's a little deeper than that. He's really all about power control, pointing the finger at everyone but himself, shirking accountability. That's the earmarks of Vic Fangio's head coaching tenure. And those aren't good ones to have. And when he leaves, he'll uh, exit with a whimper. Jordan says here, and thank you, buddy, for being with us and the support. He says, Drew has to get the three wide receivers in the picture, especially Judy and Sutton. That would be nice. Also, shout out here to Michael saying, Merry Christmas, Chad and Zach on Mile High Huddle. Enjoy your Christmas with the family. Yeah, guys, there won't be a stream Friday or Saturday. Um, Friday night, Merry Christmas, Christmas Eve, all that stuff. Enjoy the fams. Same for Saturday. There won't be any uh, evening live streams, but in that ensuing week, you know, Sunday we have the game, and that's we're looking forward to that. Huddle Up Pod will be back for that, plus Kelberman's Corner at halftime. And we'll find a way to make up for the uh, the lost content on uh, between this Saturday and next. So, and Stone, thank you, buddy. But Zach, do you uh, feel optimistic that Drew can maybe involve? Wow, thank you, Michael. That's so generous of you, bro. All the stars, you demand. Do you feel optimistic that Drew can? and will involve Cortland, involve Judy, be able to kind of balance that and utilize these, and Tim Patrick, these formidable weapons that have kind of been squandered of late. Well, he came into the game cold and hooked up with TP on a long touchdown pass. So as long as he can get the ball out there, just go up and let Cortland Sutton do what he does best, for example, which is either draw a DPI or maul the defensive back in coverage and come down with the catch. So throw it up there. Get the ball in Judy's hands. Quick hitters over the middle. That takes arm strength. You know, same thing for the perimeter to TP. Get him the ball and let him do what he does best with his sure hands. Noah Finn, he had great rapport with him as well in 2019. It should be a boon for the passing game, but we never know with Pat Shermer. We never know what with Drew Locke what he's going to do, Chad. Well, the only thing I can say, the last time we saw Locke versus Vegas, they should have won that game because of him. It was last year's season finale. The offense should have won that game. They put him in a position to win that game. Didn't Jerry Judy have like a 92-yard touchdown in that game? A yeah, long touchdown. He, yep. he got him involved. It was the defense and it was the coaching that lost the, the Broncos the game. So going off that... 
They could score some points. They could beat Vegas, but we never know with this year's team. They are that inconsistent. Uh, now that I think about it, I think it was the game before. I want to look at his now, – now that's going to bother me. Uh, game long. It was a long one, though. It might not have been the 90-yarder, oh, yeah. but I think no, it, was it was like 92. 72. It was, was 92 it? yards, yeah. Uh, that game was um, – where'd you go, Jerry? I'll, I'll, I'll find it here in a second. Um, Michaela wants to know with another super. Thank you, my friend. Any chance Locke looks good and joke Fangio still gets fired? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the last game of the season last year, right? Drew played pretty good, like gave the Broncos a chance. The defense, you know, after kind of carrying things all year, it was the defense that kind of ended up caving in and they lost that game. If it's that type of deal where Drew plays well, uh, valiant effort, still that can't quite get over the hump there either way if they don't make the the playoffs Fangio's gone and if Drew played well Vic's still gone but I don't think that's going to really save Drew as far as his the way he's viewed by the front office um, post Vic well I think there is a scenario where this played out like I just laid out in the finale last year Locke looked good the offense looked really good and as Bama reminds here, it was like a 23-yard in route. He hit Judy in stride. I remember Judy breaking and running away for a long touchdown. It might not have been the 90-yarder, but I know it was a big game. And regardless, Drew Locke did enough damage against that Vegas defense. You were defense. right, Zach. You were right. It was the season finale. Against I the mean, so, so going off that, there's no reason why he can't replicate that. But like we saw, there's a chance that the Broncos' defense could melt down against Derek Carr. There's a chance that Vic Fangio can call timeout for them. Wasn't it on fourth and goal to win the game? He calls timeout for Vegas. These are the things that Vic Fangio brings to the table that hurts the Broncos a lot more usually than quarterbacking or any other factor that we talk about. Uh, Clayton, who recently became a paid subscriber on Facebook, wants to know, who do you guys think made the biggest impact on the team? You know, the biggest, you'd have to quantify that. But uh, I think the, the heroes of this season are Justin Simmons, Pookie, Sertan. I'm going to throw in Baron Browning. And Coop. Hmm, stepping in for Vaughn, stepping in for Chubb. I mean, that takes... For a seventh round pick coming off a heart issue, yeah, I mean he's definitely outkicked his coverage in my estimation. I just, I don't know. I'd say he Draymond, did. but Draymond's starting to turn the corner. He's now leading the team in sacks, so that's good. Yeah. You know, that's something to hang your hat on. But Malik Reed just hit the roster again today, coming off the uh, CV reserve list. But uh, offensively, it's Pookie, pretty much. Period. End of story. The quarterback uh, has not been able to involve enough of the other great skill position guys to really take that. But uh, Lawrence here says, Hey guys, Merry Christmas. Did you guys ask for anything actually, but what's your answer for, for uh, Clayton? I just wanted to chime in. I would give yeah. Cushionberry some love because he, he never gets talked about. And I mean that he never gets praised, but you never hear his name uh, being called for a penalty that much either on game days. And he's played every single snap since being drafted. I know he's not an all pro center, but he's taken a big step forward. And I think he deserves a little love. Uh, Lawrence, appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys, Merry Christmas. Did you guys ask for anything? But what do you want to happen looking forward to next year? What I ask for Christmas every year is, is health and uh, health and happiness. And as long as uh, my, myself, my family, and, you know, people I care about, and that includes y'all, as long as we got the health and the happiness, then uh, come what may, you know, we'll be able to overcome anything life might throw at us. Um, 
He's a new year, new Broncos. Needs to happen soon, but I'm scared. I'll try going cheaper, and it'll just get worse at coach. Zach. As you're wearing a me first shirt. <laughs> just messing around. Me first in the gimme gimmies. Nice. Band. Yeah, I- Honestly, what I'm what I'm really hoping for, and you know, I, I hate to advocate for people to lose their job, but I feel like it's 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 worthy. It's for cause in this situation. I want the Broncos to retool their coaching staff and their quarterback, some of their roster as well. But start with Fangio, work your way down, get a new head coach in the building, a new offensive mind and uh, scheme and mindset in the building, and let the Broncos' talent take it from there. So that's what I want for Christmas. You know, on that same question from Clayton, this is a fair point from Scott, real quick. The biggest impact, not always uh, positive. What about the disappearance of Bradley Chubb when he's been on the field? Like, I think the most positive thing, Zach, I've said about Chubb all year in his, albeit, you know, few exposures, was last week in that loss. I thought he did well to, to set the edge. Where the heck has his pass rush gone, dude? Like, this guy cannot get home. Like, has injuries sapped him of what he had? Because we saw him in 2018. As a rookie, 12 sacks, one of about 10 players ever to get that many sacks as a rookie, gets a Pro Bowl last year, have the injuries taken its toll, and is it just a short detour, or is this just the guy he is now? Well, we don't know that. We don't have a crystal ball. We'll come to find out next year. That'll be the the true uh, test, assuming he stays healthy. But I think literally he's broken down because of the injuries, but also mentally, psychologically, I don't think he trusts his body anymore, Chad. I mean, consistently year in and year out now, he's he's missing time because of injuries, you know, his his lower body especially. So he, he strikes me as kind of, I don't want to say mentally soft, but I think he can get in his own head as a player and he can be uh, one to be prone to psychological mishaps. And I think the injuries have taken their toll to that extent as well. Good against the edge, but I don't think he trusts his lower body for the explosion he needs to be a capable pass rusher. You're right. 2022 will, in fact, be the referendum on Bradley Chubb. That'll be his make or break playing on his fifth year. Um, Tim Hoffman says, Vic said, even if Locke wins this week, Teddy's our quarterback. I hope Drew goes out and gets revenge and whoops the shiz out of those faders at their house. It'd be great to see, man. It probably ends up being all for naught and factoring very little, Zach, into the grand scheme of things, but it would be a, a nice little post-Christmas present. Well, what's going to happen because the Broncos lost to a quality team? This is a beatable opponent. They're probably going to win this game and get Broncos country all excited and talking postseason once again and then go out against the Chargers and lose. And we start to cycle all over. So uh, whatever happens, happens. I hope the team plays well. I'll always root for a victory, but there's a big chance the Broncos lose this as well and get swept by the Raiders for two years in a row. It's pretty sad. <laughs> Michaela. I can't, I'm not going to flash it, but <clears throat> her new uh, nickname for Teddy, that, that made me chuckle. Guys, here is the updated Super Chat Superstar rankings for the contest in the month of December. This is only for our Super Chat Superstars. Similar to Facebook, the contest is top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of December. Those five names go into a hat, raffle, pull it out, pick a, a jersey, a Broncos jersey of their choosing Here's the power ranking DWI guys at the top, followed by the Duchess at two. And she probably, she might be in one by the time tonight's episode, because tonight's episode doesn't factor into this. Uh, Christopher, this is a newer name, Zach. Christopher Gaspari, who jumped in from the top rope uh, very recently at three. Naj Altaf, legendary Mount Rushmore superstar at four. And the queen 
at five, followed by a few names, also legendary, Chris Hernandez, Mark from Georgia, Mark Langley, Kayaka, Malachi Smith. So anyway, that's that's the uh, top five as it currently stands on Super Chat. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Jermaine wants to know, Zach, who's the next coach and quarterback? Let's talk about that. And John Elway has to go. Time, time to let this uh, dumpster fire go. Well, you, you're not going to have to wait too long for that, buddy, because his contract is done after this season. And uh, old man Elway, I think, Zach, barring some kind of a ownership bid, you know, uh, putting a group together to to win the Broncos somehow. I think John Elway, this is it when he truly once and for all rides off into the sunset. Yeah. So it's going to be Peyton's, hopefully his call as to who the head coach is and in conjunction with him, who the quarterback is next year. I mean, we're hearing Chad, Dan Quinn is a possibility. Doug Peterson, they can go the younger route for someone like Brian Dayball, Kellen Moore, Greg Roman. I don't know. The more, we get asked about it, the more I'm thinking maybe Peyton does go for an experienced guy, a veteran guy, not a first-time guy. They tried that with VJ. They tried that with Vic. It didn't work out. Maybe they go back to the retread well with someone like Dan Quinn or Peterson, like I mentioned. It would depend who the quarterback is. I'd be okay. I can get on board with Peterson and Russell Wilson or Dan Quinn and Russell Wilson, Peterson, Rodgers, whatever. As long as Peyton has the pick, I'm okay with it. I mean, you could make the argument that Denver's most legendary and successful head coaches were retreads. It was their second opportunity. I mean, you can look at Coob. That was his second go-around. John Fox, second. I, I want that guy, though. If he comes available, that's my guy right there. I don't think it's going to happen. They won, like, I think five or six games in a row, something like that, but that would be my choice. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Um, You know, Mike Shanahan was a retread. Uh, I can't remember if – let me see here. Red Miller, no, that was his first go-around for what it's worth. But anyway, I'm not opposed to that. And I think if you look at, um, you know, you kind of go back to who is George Payton going to listen to in these processes? Like what was his has his experience been? Who are his mentors that he'll seek out for insight? And you look at what the Vikings did and under the reign of Rick Spielman as GM. You know, Mike Zimmer was a first-time head coach, but he was a similar to Fangio lifelong assistant that just kind of never got a shot. And he had, he's had some initial success. Uh, before that, it was Leslie Frazier I, who at the time, and that was his, it was his first go around. I don't know, man. It's hard to say because I think all bets are off on that front. As far as quarterback goes, I can promise you this. George Payton is going to go all in on trying to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, And if that doesn't work, then we'll see what they ultimately prioritize, Zach. But it might end up being a quarterback in the first round, or it might be run it back one more year with kind of who we've got, whoever that new Ugh. hire coach is, let them kind of get their culture started and let's swing for the quarterback fences in 2023. I hope it doesn't come to that, but I can tell you for sure the Broncos, if Seattle even entertains the notion of trading Russ, Peyton will be on that same uh, with with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there's different combinations of how they can go: veteran coach, veteran quarterback, rookie, etc. I think the unlikeliest combination that George Payton settles on, if he has full autonomy, would be a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback. One of those components is going to have experience, and we just don't know which one of those components it is just yet. Corey H. Good to see you, big dog. Long time super chat superstar here at MHH. He says, "I think two wins." Fangio stays probably a change at offensive coordinator 
course, a big change coming in the quarterback room. I have the same complaints as everyone else, but a winning record and fighting for a playoff spot probably saves him. I don't see it, dude. Not after the history he has, right? Like, it just isn't enough. You didn't move the needle enough. Like, if you look at it from Denver's argument, the inside, you know, front office guys are going, look, we gave you a proven veteran quarterback as you wanted. We drafted a corner to fit a huge need for you. You couldn't get her done, Vic. You know, we got to call a spade a spade. Time to part ways. Like, I just don't see it. And I'm not trying to will it into existence. Like, I'm not trying to be, uh, this is what I want to happen. So this is what I'm trying to tell you is going to happen. It's playoffs or bust for Vic. However, Zach, here's a curious wrinkle, right? If the Broncos are getting sold at some point in 2022, should Joe Ellis have anything to do with a new hire of a head coach? No. I mean, it's why you have a general manager. Let Peyton pick the head coach, you know, in conjunction with the, his staff and the uh, the scouts in the building, the coaches he wants to retain that are holdovers. Let Peyton, if you want to give him the power, Elway pick the head coach. Why shouldn't George Peyton? Leaf says, uh, remember George Peyton's face in Kansas City? Changes are coming. Yeah, I agree with you, my friend. And then uh, Leaf says, uh, go ahead, Zach. I want to make one point on the on the point that you made about Vic, or the, or the comment we got about if he gets two more wins. You can change the pants, you can change the shirt, but if the shoes are off, the whole outfit's ruined. So they, he can change his coordinator, he can change his special teams guy, he can change the quarterback, but as long as Vic Fangio is there, the same problems that are plaguing Denver are going to remain. And the same issues that are costing them games are going to remain because they start with Vic Fangio. That's the problem. The best, it's not the only, but it is the best predictor of future is the past. All right. Best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, past production, future production. Leaf. Hey, Priest, been having a time trying to buy stars these last uh, weeks. Facebook doesn't like Canadian money, I guess. Huh. Makes it hard to get me a 77 jersey for Quinn Miners. He wants the Miners jersey. That rookie is fun to watch. Uh, here's to hope and lock plays well and we beat the dat gum raiders thanks for all you do and merry christmas appreciate you leaf and uh yeah that's the first i've heard of anyone in canada having a hard time but appreciate you trying big dog merry christmas uh clado tornado in the hizzy saying sorry if this sounds dumb but did george directly say it's playoffs or bust or how are we so certain that's the final straw i want to be sure fangio's gone no, 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 no GM is ever going to come out on front street and lay it out like that. Um, it's more of things I've heard reading the tea leaves, haven't been around this game, covering this team as long as I have. It's just a general feeling. It's a, it's, it's a bold prediction. I'm not saying report, you know, source inside Dove Valley tells X or remember when George said why, it's just a general read. It's just a beat I have on the situation. And I think Zach and I, that's that's a, a brain we share. You know why? I'll give you one word. That would be six. Six years since the playoffs. That's what it comes down to. George Payton, I think he gave a really um, insightful, revealing uh, statement earlier this year. I think it was like September, October, something like that. He talked about making the Broncos relevant again and putting them back on the map, so to speak, and, and having long-term success. The, the one barometer for that, fair or not, is playoffs, is the postseason, is, is getting there and going from there. Whatever happens, happens, but you got to make the tournament to make a run in the tournament. And I think that's what Peyton wants the most. 
So if Vic looks good but falls short, I don't think Peyton's going to settle given the opportunity, if he has it, to replace Vic. I think it's playoffs or bust, rightfully so. So, by the way, we are hearing, uh, thank you, Colby, for the stars, my friend, you uh, demand from Savage Boy Kev on Twitch that uh, Sertan Simmons and Bowles are named first alternates for the Pro Bowl. So let's take a quick look with that information. All right, Zach, let's take a look at their position and see if there's anyone ahead of them that's going to be playing in a Super Bowl. All right, let's take a quick peek real quick. Uh, so safety. Uh, whoops. No, stop it. Hold on, guys. Let me get that out of your ears. Let me reload the page. Did that noise come through? Yeah, I was jamming. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Stand by, y'all. Uh, I'm going to share it again, only this time, no sound. Uh, all right, here we go. So, uh, safety, good chance to run Matthew. Zach will be playing in the in the Super Bowl, decent chance. Derwin James, Bayard, no. So, any one of those, both those two guys, if they're healthy, they're probably going to play in the Pro Bowl, although it wouldn't surprise me to see one just – suddenly say, oh, you know, I'm still nursing a a hammy from the season. I'm going to go ahead and bow out. So that's optimistic for Simmons. At corner, J.C. Jackson, there's a decent chance he's going to be playing in a Super Bowl. Uh, Definitely none of the other guys. I mean, maybe there's a shot in Hades for uh, Kenny Moore, but doubt it. And then tackle, uh, it's Rashawn Slater. Nope, he'll be there unless he gets hurt. Orlando Brown, there you go. Bolsey has a shot. And same with Deion uh, Dawkins somewhat, but mainly Orlando Brown, Zach. So there's a chance for Bolsey. All three of those guys have a decent shot if indeed they are first team, uh, first alternates. I haven't gotten the press release from the Broncos on that yet, though. I mean, y'all are going to hate me for this, but I don't put much stock in Pro Bowl to begin with, and certainly not first alternate. I mean, that's like the ultimate participation trophy in the NFL. Yeah, but you know what, Zach? That's If they get in on a – they don't get in when they're listed as a first alternate and don't get to play. But if they get in after being a first alternate, someone bowed out, and they actually get to participate in the game, that Pro Bowl goes on their resume. So Isn't that how Teddy made it, though? Uh, It is, yep. I, I so that I I had you know it, it kind of pains me to call Teddy Bridgewater a Pro Bowler that year if he kind of backed his way in and knowing what we know about him now I guess it's good news but <laughs> the NFL is so under siege right now with the CV Chad I don't know if they're gonna even have the Pro Bowl uh, come February whenever it is now so I hope they do get in I think Simmons had a shot Sertan uh, had a shot to make it but again Javante if they would have had just halfway competent coordinating and play calling. I think he would have made it as a rookie. All right. Michael Ronquillo for Demarius Thomas, 1225. Of course, it's his birthday. Appreciate that, Mike. And uh, yeah, it's still been kind of somber just today. I was watching a couple of uh, DT videos on YouTube while I was busy going about my work, just kind of listening to a couple of his interviews and highlights and things like that. It's still pretty unreal that uh, yeah. he's no longer with us. So RIP thoughts and prayers to his family. Yeah. Uh, but we are about out of time boys and girls, but we will be back tomorrow night. So it's all good. Uh, Jermaine says we can win out Vic. We can win out Vic out of here. Um, I'm not sure what he's saying. I need your syntax. Translate. Uh, we can win out Vic out of here. 
they can win out, miss the playoffs, and they still fire 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 Vic Fangio. It could happen. That's a possibility. Uh, he says pretty upset that there's not a Bronco in the Pro Bowl. Shake my head. Yeah, it's uh, emblematic of being a forgettable team. I mean, seven and seven. What's ironic here, Zach, is they're a more competitive product in 2021 than they were last year, and yet not one first-name Pro Bowler. Chubb last year and Simmons, right? Was there anyone else I'm trying to remember from last year? Bowles get in? Bowles was second-team All-Pro. So he didn't get the Pro Bowl. He got voted in by the Associated Press on on, uh, All-Pro. I want to say that was the uh, and of course Chubb didn't play because of his his uh, ankle, um, so that helped someone behind him get a Pro Bowl nod. But yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well, Colby. I, I kind of don't think Bowles <clears throat> deserves it, you know, honestly to make year. it this year. He he's been really, I don't know, I don't want to say the old Garrett Bowles, but he's reared its head a couple times. And you know, I don't what? know. I'll say this: tackle is, I mean, it's just it's a hard job if. He hasn't been the liability that he was his first three years. Last week was really the only instance that I can recall off the top of my head, Zach, of me kind of having old Bulls, you know, Garrett Holds vibes. And when he's been on the field, you know, he did miss a little stretch there with an injury and then the virus. Um, When he's been on the field, I think he's been a very competent left tackle. Is he like locking dudes down? You know, Ryan Clady? No. But he has had a couple of games like that where he's shut down serious rushers. So if he ends up getting the Pro Bowl uh, as a first alternate, I'm going to say, you know what? There you go. That's just uh, karma getting you back for being snubbed in 2020 because he was deserving of it in 2020. At least it would make the contract look better. For sure. The Queen says, based on what Peyton said about Vic being the reason he wanted the job, I don't know if he's fiddling with the idea to replace him yet, which is scary and maddening. I feel you, but that's one of those things, you know, we've told you that we feel like by and large, he's a pretty straight shooter, George Payton, but he is a GM. There is going to be GM speak. There are politics. All right. And he's got to be an ambassador of sorts. And that's one of those talking points, Zach, that I truly believe was straight talking point. It's just straight up PR blowing smoke. Um, When he gets fired, Vic Fangio. I hope George is asked about that. I hope he is. Well, it would reflect well on Peyton if Fangio would have done well this year or, you know, will do well if he makes the playoffs. It would look good for George Peyton as a rookie general manager. And at that point, when he made those comments, the Broncos were in the thick of a early season playoff run. It looked like they were going to break the spell and Fangio was leading the charge. So I agree with you. It was all GM speak. It was a lot of cliches and stuff you had to put out there from an optics and PR point of view. And it's it's pretty savvy, actually, for a first-year GM to know and have the wherewithal to treat the media that way and sort of manipulate the narrative to uh, to get them to believe what he wants them to believe, not necessarily what he truly believes. Hey, Mike. Appreciate you, big dog. Uh, appreciate all of you for being with us tonight. Javante could get to 1,000. He's at 815. I think he will get to 1,000. I think the Broncos will really try hard to get one of them over, over the top. But, guys, that's got to do it. Zach, if you want to uh, go through our matters of business, I'll, I'll see how we finished on Facebook. We'll see you guys tomorrow, of course. Yes, sir. Guys, that was the Huddle Up Podcast. In the meantime, until tomorrow night, be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. 
Follow the main account on Twitter at MileHighHuddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com right now and get yourself, as you can see, I'm wearing a hoodie. Get yourself as Chad's wearing a hat, coffee cup, beanie. A lot of goodies in there at HuddleUpPod.com. Right in time for the holiday season, or I guess a little late now, but... Facebook.com slash MileIHuddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. Three exclusive shows at your fingertips. Kelperman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Five bucks a month. I promise you it's worth every penny. Also, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. And if you haven't, guys, by now, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win, again, a hoodie, hat, etc., each and every month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout out to the top finishers on Facebook tonight. Michael at the very, very top. Very generous of you, my friend. Really appreciate you. Same with Tim Hoffman. Jermaine really fighting his way into these power rankings of late. Miguel, Lawrence, Leaf, Colby. Looks like, Leaf, you found a way, big dog. Appreciate that. Uh, Stone, Claude, Mike, Jordan, much love and respect to each and every one of you. And, of course, all of our great Super Chat superstars. You guys are Mile High Huddle. We just work here. All right, so thank you. We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll really kind of dig in and uh, preview Broncos Raiders. Kind of see what the head-to-head looks like now, Zach, where these teams kind of met a little bit early in the season. Now here you are down the stretch. You got more of a sample size, so when we look at these head-to-heads, there will be a more meaningful takeaway at at, uh, each and every point. So look forward to that. Until tomorrow, take care, and as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.